Hello, and thank you for joining us for our Watershed Sermon Podcast. Watershed is a worshiping community within Harderwijk Ministries. We gather at 9.45 a.m. in the Anchor Building on the Harderwijk campus on the corner of 160th and Lakewood in Holland, Michigan. We invite you to join us in person when you are able. To learn more about our Watershed community and Harderwijk Ministries, please visit harderwijk.com. This morning we are picking up, we've, we kind of hijacked our uh, school-long series uh, in, in Belief. Uh, we still have some books available if you want, five bucks if you want to dive in and read along with us, but we are in a whole kind of year-long journey, uh, if I could say it, I'm going to put it this way, that we are living into life in Christ, we're living into life with Christ and for Christ. Right? We saw our, our mission uh, here at Hardawike. Another way of putting that would be to be found and formed by following Jesus. Right? We want to see everyone finding our lives in Christ. This whole series, these three 10-week series combined, are about helping form us and, 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 and join us into life with Christ. The, the first 10-week series uh, was about our thoughts, right? That as Christians, we, be, we believe that there are some, some core things in our head. We got to get our, our, our thinking right, right? There are things that we believe day to day. There is some truth that we may call truth but isn't. There's God's truth for the world that there's a discipline in our lives. If we want to live into Christ's life, if we want to follow him as our king, as our Lord, not just as our Savior, that we're going to have to work on some of our thinking. Right? Our, so, so we looked at some core doctrines, some core beliefs of the Christian faith. We're now stepping into 10 weeks where we're talking about some practices, some things that Jesus uh, exhibited in his life, some things that we see throughout not only the Bible, but through church history where, that were practices of our faith that help form us in life with Christ, that, that join us to him and help us along the way. When we kicked off this whole series, I brought up this, this little quote from Dallas Willard. He said this, that grace, right, we're saved by grace. Let me pause it for one second. We are saved by the unearned, unmerited favor of God. That's the truth for every person who walks the face of this world. You cannot perform your way into God's love. God just gives it to you. And he goes, tough. <laughs> right? God goes, I love you. Whether you accept it or not, that's up to you, but tough. I love you. I've given my son for you. Tough. Right? You're mine. We're going to hear today. You are a sheep of my pasture. Tough. Like, God likes you. That's grace. And not only does he like you, he's given himself for you. No performance necessary. What a beautiful thing. But this grace, oftentimes we'll say, well, then that means I don't have to do anything. No, grace isn't opposed, as Willard says, to effort. Living into it and making it our story, because we're going to talk about today, our story, our default, because of sin, actually hijacks this story in our life. Right? We have a different operating system to, to be in and with Christ, to understand grace, it sometimes seems foreign to us. Amen? 
How many of you struggle sometimes to look at yourself in the mirror and say, wow, God, you love me. I'm loved, I'm valued, I'm accepted. As I am, not how I will be, but as I am. Anybody, right? See, grace isn't our opera. While it's true, it's not our operating system. So to live into it takes some effort. But grace is opposed to earning, right? When we talk about these spiritual practices of our faith, this isn't a 10 point over the next, next 10 weeks, 10 things you ought to do or else. If that's what you walk away hearing, then you didn't hear me. Or, I'm sorry, because <laughs> I'm, also, I'm also capable of sticking my foot in my mouth. So, right, like, the, but I want you to understand, as we talk about today, we're going to talk about worship, corporate worship. Not all the life worship, I mean, there's all kinds of ways we worship, but I'm going to talk about group corporate worship for the church. If you hear me today say, you better come or else, then you're not hearing me. That doesn't save you. This doesn't save you. It doesn't earn God's grace. You already get it. God loves you. You didn't have to show up today to receive it. However, what we're doing today, man, can foster that message in our lives, can't it? Right? To sing songs about God's grace can remind us, it can reorient us, it can actually direct us towards a truth that the world actually wants to hijack. Our own selves hijack from time to time. Right? We go back to lives where we're, we're constantly having to perform or posture to gain acceptance. But man, corporate worship, as we'll hear, it's like a compass directing us. So effort. We need to put in some effort. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 9. Do you know that in a race, all runners run, but only one gets the prize. So run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it, right? But we do it to get a crown that will last forever, right? We're joining in an eternal story. Paul says, therefore, I don't run like someone running aimlessly. I don't fight like a boxer beating air. We all have probably done that once in a while. Yeah, 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 check it out. Verse 27, he says, no, I strike a blow to my body. I make it my slave so that after I've preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Right? The whole idea of, of our discipline in life, biblical faith practices, Say, man, in order to have the mind of Christ, in order to, to have his ways for me, I'm going to have to participate in it. I can't just passively sit back and expect the Spirit to work its transformational power out if I'm not joining in. So these practices are important, and this morning worship is important. The key truth for us, kind of like when we were walking through the doctrines, the key beliefs, uh, is this, as Christians. And now I want you to remember, as I talk about this, this is, I'm talking to you, maybe you're not uh, here believing yet in Jesus, maybe you're continuing to process what faith is. I'm telling you what we as Christians believe, Okay or why this morning, we do these things. So I'm inviting you into the why 
of this being important. Worship, we worship God for who he is and what he's done for us. Right? This is our key truth today. This is what we're hanging our hats on. When we come together for corporate worship, it's about God. Psalm 115 would say, not to us, Lord, but to your name be the glory. It's about God. Psalm 95 says this. This is kind of our key text for this morning. And if there were key verses, I'd say hang on, verses 1 and 2. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song for the Lord. And the Lord is the great God, the great king above all gods. In his hands are the depths of the earth and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his, for he made it. His hands formed the dry land. Come, let us bow, bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God. And listen to this. And we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. Right? He's not some abstract God. He's not some distant God. He's a God who is actively involved and cares for our lives. And so we hear this today. If only you would hear his voice. Don't harden your hearts as you did at Meribah, as you did that day at Massa in the wilderness. This is a story from from Numbers. I'll come back to that in a moment. But don't harden your hearts as you did there, where your ancestors tested me, where they tried me, though they had seen what I had done. For 40 years, I was angry at that generation. I said, they are a people whose whose hearts go astray. They haven't known my ways. So I declared on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. Come, let us bow down. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. David Foster Wallace, I've shared this quote at different times, and I think it's important to come back to. And and I always preface it with this. He's not a Christian. See, but it doesn't mean that you have to be a Christian to find out where there's wisdom, right? And to see wisdom in the world because wisdom is ultimately God's. In his commencement address at Kenyon College in 2005, he's a short essayist, uh, he's a writer, author. He said this, there's no such thing as not worshiping. Everybody worships. The only choice we get is what to worship. And he unpacks that more, and I'll touch on a couple of things in, in just a moment. But I think as we, we dive into corporate worship and its importance for us as Christians and why we do, it's, it's because of this truth. We all worship something. It's just what? You see, corporate worship, and I'm going to keep this up for, for throughout this message, to me, as I was thinking this week about what it means for us, what it is for us, I, I liken it to a compass in our lives. A compass exists to help direct us, right? Where we want our, we'll say this morning, our true north. Every one of us, in the, in the words of a Scottish catechism, the Westminster Confession, uh, it says this, it, its first question, its first kind of point is this, what is the chief end of man, right? What's our chief purpose in, for humanity? 
And as it reflects, it says this. Our chief purpose is to worship the Lord and enjoy him forever. That the whole Bible story, the whole story of God in Christ, why, why Jesus had to come into this world was, was that we would be restored to our God who created us. We hear that in Psalm 95. Right? He's formed us just like he's formed the mountains, just like he's formed creation. Right? He's fashioned it. Our true north as human beings, this is what we believe as Christians, is that we were created by God for God. And that our flourishing in life is found in Christ and in him. When we worship him, we have, there's an invitation in Psalm 95. Come. Come, let's worship him. Our true north is directing us to our end, our purpose in Christ. See, corporate worship has always existed, whether it was the Israelites taking a day on the Sabbath, making sure they were participating in this, they were hanging out in their, their different, uh, in the temple, or whether it was in the area um, synagogues, they were setting aside time. When it, what Jesus made this a regular part of his practice as the disciples, if, if anything, it wasn't just once a day, sometimes in Jerusalem, they'd go every day. How do you like that? Ooh, that'd be kind of tough, preach a sermon every day. Man, that'd be a different role. <laughs> the early church set aside time. This morning, it, it can be like this. I'm not saying it can, it can happen in our homes, but there was always an invitation for us to step out of when we look at Psalm 95. Come, let's go. Right? Part of corporate worship is recognizing the fact that oftentimes in our lives, if we just stay on the path we're on, we can lose direction really easily, right? We can get caught up by our work and our agendas. We can get caught up by the pressures of our family, or we can get, we can get hung up with the, the multitudes of things that we do or occupy our calendars, Corporate worship within the scriptures, why this invitation exists throughout the Psalms and in other places, is meant to say, hey, you know what? It's time to step out of the rhythms of your normal life because that can easily adjust where you're going. How many of you ever gone hiking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many times does the path go due north the whole time, right? Like if we were going, I want to go due north, true north, it rarely ever goes directly there, right? Sometimes we come to a fork in the road. Which way do we go? Well, I can kind of navigate, right? Like but I, the reality is life takes all kinds of twists and turns. But that invitation of God to step out of that, because he knows that about our lives, is to say, hey, listen, step out of that because it, I know it's easy for us to get five degrees off can be five miles off, not too far down the road. And he says, come, come. Corporate worship has always been a way of saying, you know what, i got to leave the world that I live in behind for a moment. Why? So the compass can help orient me or reorient me in my life. The psalmist says, let us. Right? And that kind of breeds to the corporate part of it. Hebrews 10 would say, don't neglect the meeting together of God's people. 
Colossians 3 would say, hey, as we sing together, make music together, we're teaching and admonishing each other in the ways that we are to go. Right? I don't know about you. It's easy to stay on my path when I'm by myself. Amen? I can stay in, on, on my road, my course, my hiking trail with really easy because there's no one saying, shouldn't we take a right? The point of doing this together is, is not only to help guide us back and help reorient us back, but sometimes it's because others also, th- this difference in diversity that God has created, by the way, is meant to also then inform our journey along the way. Let us go together is because it's not just me and Jesus in this life. I was created to be with you. Do you know that? Like, I was actually created to be in relationship with you. And you were created to be in relationship with each other. And the differences that we have are meant to both challenge us, help us grow, and also, those those differences, sometimes we need each other to call one another back. Come let us. That brings us to what? Come let us sing for joy to the Lord. Right? That worship isn't about me, is it? It gives us a direction. It gives us someone we're pointing to. Think about all of the words in Psalm 95, just up to verse 7. It says, let us sing, shout, make music, give thanks, bow down, kneel. Right, So we celebrate God, we praise and give thanks to God, we show awe and reverence to God. Why? Because he's the great God, he's the Lord, he's the creator, he's the sustainer of life, and he is king. Different agenda than my own? If I go back to David Foster Wallace's commencement speech, he says this, before he talks about that worship piece that, we, that I put up on the screen, he says this, Here's one example. Now, again, let me remind you, not a Christian. Here's one example of the utter wrongness of something I tend to be automatically sure of. One wrongness I'm sure of, I'm utterly sure of. He goes, everything in my own immediate experience supports my deep belief that I am the absolute center of the universe. The realest, most vivid, and important person in existence. He said, we rarely talk about this sort of natural, basic self-centeredness. Because it's so socially repulsive. Now, you talk about self-centeredness in this culture, and it's repressive, not just repulsive. But he goes, listen, we, we, we rarely talk about this. And yet, it's the same for all of us, deep down. It's our default setting. We're hardwired into, it's hardwired into our boards at birth. Think about it. There is no experience you've had that you were not at the absolute center of. How many times when we come into, again, corporate worship, have we said, you know, I don't, I don't like that song. Anybody? 
You know, I don't like that the music's too loud, or you know what? I don't like that it's not loud enough. You know what? Aaron kind of annoyed me today. You know what? I, I didn't really, I didn't get anything out of it. You know, there's a common denominator in everything I just said. What is it? Listen, I've been guilty of this time and time again. I, I don't know how many times. But if that's what worship is about, I'm going south on the compass. I'm not heading to the north. Worship is about God. We're the sheep under his care. He's the God who formed us and fashioned us, knows what's best for us. Do you have things that you connect with or don't? Sure, I'm not saying you can't like music, you can't like a certain, whatever, that's, that's all good. If you're like, hey dude, you know, I really like uh, you name a pastor, go listen to their podcast later, right, right on, go for it. Cool. But the reality is if we come into it and it's about me, it's about what I'm getting, then we missed it. We just missed it. Worship, whether it's corporate worship or whether it's individual worship, if it's about the king, that's different. You know what I've learned? Is I've, I've started to like different kinds of music. You know, there's some times where, I, I listen, I love rock and roll. I love modern worship music. It's great. You know what I've learned to like is chants. And we're not talking Monty Python and the Holy Grail, okay? <laughs> you know what I've learned to appreciate? As I sat in a monastery before and worshipped with brothers and, and, and have gone to convents and, and worshipped with other sisters in Christ, is, is, is to actually appreciate how they have directed their eyes to God. And when my heart was directed to God, I could actually put up with things that I didn't realize I could actually put up with. And you know what? Those things could actually touch and, and reach into my life because I was less centered on myself and I was more centered on him. You know, when we sing here, it, it's not because, you know, like I'm, I'm, I was careful this morning. I can't sing too much because I'm going to start going into a coughing fit. I've got the six-week cough that won't go away. Right? Anybody? Yeah, any other thing. <laughs> but what am I doing? I want to focus on the words. I want to focus on the truth that's meant to point me to my true north, not to, not to point me to the east, not to point me to the west. If, I, if, if I'm concerned about being Austin, I don't know, dude. I'm, I'm working on trying to figure out how to play. I play guitar, right? So I play drums. Alex, like the twins, you guys curse. You're like a curse to me. You, I, I want to get better. I want to, and you're just that much better. And, but then I noticed where you went wrong. No. <laughs> right? Like, am I praising God anymore? Like, is it, am I, am I point? Ah. I, I don't know how, I hope, you, I hope you get this. Our default setting is self-centeredness. Just it, go throughout this week and see how many times your focus is yourself. 
I mean, the beauty, Hebrews 10 reminds us, as much as it says, don't neglect the meeting together. And again, that doesn't mean just simply on Sunday morning. In fact, if we actually take the biblical perspective, it would say, every day. <laughs> I'd go, our, our, our joining together has to be in some way every day. Sometimes it's in smaller groups. It's, Sundays are larger groups. But in these times, we have the opportunity to, to encourage each other in the journey by the truth of the gospel that is our true north. Right, but we get to do this. We get to enter into God's glory because of his blood shed for us on the cross. So we can come with confidence. What did, what did I say starting off? Right? I, you don't have to perform. You don't have to be a great singer. If you don't like singing, I'm going to say this morning, tough. It's not about you. Try for God's sake. Try for his sake. You don't like this song? Try. Let it be truth in your life, and you might find you enjoy it. Don't like the organ? Sing the words. Don't like the responsive reading. Does what you're saying matter? See, we get so hung up on the thing, the creation, we miss the creator. And this is where in Psalm 95, I think he, he reminds us of, of Meribah, and, and let me get, make sure I get my, uh, my location right, Meribah and Massa. As the Israelites were journeying through the wilderness, right, they got to see God's presence, literally got to see God's presence every day in a cloud of fire, right? In a pillar of fire in a cloud by day. God was literally providing food out of nowhere for them day in and day out. And yet, when they'd come into these, Meribah and Massa not only was a moment, but it, it, it encompasses so much of their journey throughout the wilderness. It's like, listen, we get so hung up on the one thing, man, the water is bitter here. Wah. Oops, sorry. If I got a little edge, I sorry. It just sometimes you do, right? Like, when God's going, yeah, you harden your heart. You want to keep trying and testing me and thinking that I'm not real, dude. That's on you, and you're not going to enter my rest. You're not going to enter into my peace. You don't want to believe. That's fine. That's on you. But you're not entering peace because you're not entering my story. My grace says, come on in. It's for all. It's for you. I'm going to provide for you. Look at me. Praise me. Come look at me. Like, you will always have something to be grateful for if you're looking at me. It doesn't mean that there's not challenges in the world. There are. And they're real. But even more than we need to look to him. Because if it's just about the challenges, if it's just about worshiping the thing, or the, we're going to lose it. David Foster Wallace knew this. He said, man, if it's your image, if it's a person, if it's, you name it, it will fail you at some point in time. It will eat you alive. We all worship. <laughs> and yet there's only one who's eternal. There's only one who holds our lives and can breathe that life into us. He's the one who formed us and fashioned us. This world is his, and you in turn are his. 
And he goes, I'm inviting you into the story. Will you? Come, let us do this together. Let us journey together. Why? Because the kingdom of God isn't going to look like me and Jesus, is it? It's going to look like we and Jesus. It's going to be a beautiful diversity. It's going to be a beautiful set of people of all nations, all tribes, all tongues. All kinds of stories. Imagine this, if God's grace and forgiveness is really for all of us, think about the multitudes of stories that are going to be there. Think about the multitude of sins that people will have been saved from and stories that have gone with it. (laughs) And yet, we will be together because of Christ. Right? We worship God for who he is and what he's done for us. That's our true north. He is our true north. We do this to step out of, to say, come, let's get out of the rat race because the rat race, if we're honest, more than often owns us more than we own it. <laughs> and let's be reminded of what our true north is. Let's set our compasses back again. You know what? Some of us, we've been journeying. Yep, we're kind of making our way. Great. Some of us have been going a totally different way. That's repentance, right? Is to say, turn around. Get on the path. It's, in, it's designed to help us be reminded of truth, to teach and admonish one another, to encourage one another in what's right and good and pleasing before the Lord. What causes you to, to flourish and have life, what causes you and I to be able to, to walk with joy and hope. But will we be willing to step out of the rat race and be formed? Will we let the compass direct us? Again, like I started, it's not a matter of being saved or not. It's not about going, I'm not going to from here on out go, okay, so who is here today? Let's make sure you're, you're hitting three out of every four weeks. And Listen, if that's the conversation, that's the wrong conversation. Because that in itself is going south on the compass. I care that you're here because I just want you to be reminded of the truth. I don't know about you. I need help. I need to know I'm not alone. I need to know that there is something else guiding me. I need your stories to influence my story. I need your stories of how God has made a difference in your life to impact mine. I need to be able to share my stories with you and encourage you. I need, right? Like, we need each other in this journey. We were created for each other. That's why Hebrews says, don't neglect the meeting together. Why? So we can encourage one another until the day appears. We need this. I just want to end with a a story of one of the ways that has impacted. Remember going to my brother. My brother and sister-in-law have been married for 10 years now. Uh, it was awesome. I got to see them uh, at Christmas because they live in Australia. So um, they're in the process of moving, living in a, a caravan. That's called a trailer for us Americans. Um, but, uh, you know, all kinds of things going on in their life. But I, I, nonetheless, I, I remember going to, getting to go to Australia for their wedding. 
now, Kendra and the kids had to stay back, and Kendra's been to Australia before, so I think maybe that was slightly how we justified me only going, uh, but also the plane tickets for four people. <laughs> like, that's a lot of disposable income, right? <laughs> like, love my brother and all, um, and, and so actually, uh, to his grace, uh, he was part of making sure I could be there because he wanted me to, to help officiate part of the wedding. But I got to be there. I got to be there with my, my, new, my, my family of origin. I'm going to put it that way, right? Is your family of origin is the family you grew up with, whether you like it or not, right? And, and so it was, I mean, great. Great to celebrate with them. Great to enjoy time together. Uh, and yet there was something that was missing, to go through this absolute joy to watch my brother go through this, right? One of my best friends in the world, my brother. And yet not to, to, to not have another one of my best friends, my wife, there to celebrate with, right? Something, something that was missing. To, to not have my children with me, to see their uncle and their new aunt, to not, not be able to do this, something was missing. I think so often that's just our daily life, right? It always seems like there's something missing. So we started to just, uh, we got, got done with the wedding, went to, went to Sydney, and I, okay, now it's just have fun with, with mom and dad and sister, and I'm like, yeah, okay, this is kind of fun. It's, you know, but I, there was something that just, again, was missing. And, and I, I said to my, my little sister, uh, Rachel, I just said, hey, Rachel, you know what? Um, I know Hillsong. How many of you know what Hillsong is? Right, Hillsong writes a lot of, a lot of the music we sing. Um, I wasn't going to go to their main campus, but I knew their city campus was in. And I'm like, you know what? I think I just need to go to church. <laughs> I think I just need to go worship. Because um, I'm getting my circumstance, as good as it is, like I'm with my family, like they love me, nothing's wrong with the circumstance, I'm missing something. I'm like, I, for whatever reason, it was like the Holy Spirit was saying, you got to go get reoriented. I tell you, we went down to the campus. My younger sister came with me, uh, and it was pretty darn cool that the fact that the pastor for that just that night at that campus was Erwin McManus from, from California, one of my, like, awesome futurist author, like, and I'm like, what? This is sweet. <laughs> you know, I get talk about music to the, I mean, these are the people that are writing the songs we're singing, right? Oh, yeah. But with all that, that wasn't what reoriented me. What I realized is what I, I was focused on all kinds of what wasn't happening. I was focused on on. on Seeing Sydney, I was, my wife, my kids aren't here. I'm with my mom and dad. I'm with, I, right? Like all these things. This is life, isn't it? Her life is just filled with all kinds of a hodgepodge. Maybe it's just me. <laughs> and yet to walk through those doors, to enter into worship, literally with people, like I think at the time, 20, 27 different languages were getting translated for people. And Sydney is an international city. But to worship together, to worship God, I found peace. It wasn't because Erwin McManus was a guy. I can't tell you what he said. 
can't tell you what songs we sung. I'll tell you it was because I entered the presence of God with others. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. I didn't realize that was what I needed other than a nudge. But man, that worship reoriented me. Allowed me to experience joy in the moment all while dealing with missing and some sadness. Folks, that's every week. And yet God says, let me give you a gift. Step out for a moment. Join a community. Whether that community is sitting in a living room together, whether it's sitting on a campus, three different churches happening <laughs> all under one roof, call Heart Lake. Join with others but to worship me. We can enter into his rest if our focus is on him. That's what he provides. That's what he offers to us. We can enter his throne. Why? Because he says, come. Come to me. Let's pray. God, man, there's so much more to say. And corporate worship, why? Why do we gather? Worship as a whole. Lord, our life is meant to be worship. Um, this morning, we're just talking about, though, this little moment every week in our lives. Father, I pray that you Lord, in all reality, I don't know what to pray in this moment. I don't know what each of my brothers and sisters needs. I, Lord, I, you do, though. I mean, that's the beauty in, in, in prayer, even. I don't have to know, God, but you do. We are the flock under your care, as Psalm 95 reminds us. That when you died for all of the world, you know every one of us that make up that world. When you provided as our high priest the pathway back to the Lord, you knew every one of our names. Past, present, future. Lord, and you've given us a gift, the people, your, your people a gift to, to step aside, to step out of life, to come out of life for a moment every week to worship you. To, to, to be reoriented to you, to be directed towards you. Lord, that's a gift. But it's also going to take some energy in our part, Lord. It's going to take effort. There are a lot of good things that we fill our lives with, we fill our calendars with, that we give you thanks and praise for. And to hit pause on those things sometimes is really hard, Lord. Sometimes hitting pause on, on something for something that we maybe don't see as much value in. Because let's be honest, God, sometimes we'll come to worship and we don't see it as valuable as you would hope. Or even as we would hope. But Lord, this practice that has been for people past, present, and will be for the future will be in eternity, Lord. This practice of gathering together to worship you, God, it's, 
at the end of the day, it's not about us. And we're going to be learning what that looks like for the rest of our lives. It's about you. So help direct our eyes to you. To be a little less about ourselves and a little bit more about you. Lord, to give ourselves over to singing. To give ourselves over. Lord, to maybe kneeling if we feel called to kneel before you. Maybe opening our hands before you because we're holding on too tight. Lord, maybe, maybe today it's, it's just putting in the effort to go, man, I would much rather be somewhere else. I don't feel like it. For a multitude of reasons, Lord, we can not feel like it. But Lord, to step in means that we're open to what you have for us. So Lord, may, may not leave that empty. As we put the effort in by your spirit, Lord, Breathe your life into us. I ask you, I beg of you. You're with us. I know that is true. But Lord, show yourself to us. Help us understand what we're talking about today. That to give ourselves to you, Lord, there's a fruit, there's a joy, there's a peace that surpasses our understanding. We're hardwired to be self-centered. Father, break that wiring. Reconnect us to you. And in so doing, Lord, may the life of your spirit breathe your life into us today. And thank you for this privilege to, to worship with the people of God. With people that, you know what, let's be honest, Lord, I don't know if any of us would really pick if we had the choice. But see, that's the beauty. You've picked them. You've picked us to gather together. And Lord, we're better for it. We may not know how or why, especially why now, but Lord, we know we are because you're doing something. You're bringing about your kingdom. So, Lord, thank you. Thank you that we can gather. Thank you that we can worship you. Thank you for being our God. May we again, once again, lift our hearts to you with our songs, with our body, in praise. Jesus, in your name, amen. Thank you for listening. To learn how to get involved in our watershed community or how to support Harderwijk Ministries, please visit us at harderwijk.com.